progressive policies yeah. coming out of California, what do you see as sort of the major victories for the state? I think first and foremost is our efforts on climate change and protecting the environment. Mm -hmm. Much of what we've pioneered here is uh, being replicated in other states and I think ultimately uh, in other parts of the country, right? I would say some of our campaign reform issues, you know, ending the partisan gerrymander, uh, ending, you know, reducing the power of the partisan primary. Oh, you should judge people based upon their flight risk and public safety risk, not based upon their ability to post a bail. And that, at the core to me, I walk with me over here, is, is what progressive policies, in my judgment, are. But so many women have done so many great bills um, prior to the Me Too movement and now after the Me Too movement. Uh, California was the first state to, to create a paid family leave program, which now there's a federal paid family leave program. And so we've been making very slow progress, but definitely uh, progress. I think that Donald Trump influences elections. He's been helpful in terms of getting Democrats elected, not only here, but I think nationally too. And then that naturally influences um, the policy that comes out of this building. You're listening to California Nation. I'm your host, Brian Anderson. California has led the nation on a number of issues. It became the first state to approve a $15 minimum wage and also signed into law the country's most sweeping consumer privacy protections. For the past few months, I've been creating a liberal list a set of monumental laws that have come out of California in the past decade. Today on the show, we take a look back at the most consequential bills and a look forward at what's next. All right, enjoy the show. We are not gonna have a circus here. But we just left pleasure for paradise. Can you please hug me? <laughs> Do not worry, Dutch is not here today. We, we clearly learned our lesson. These are not ordinary times. And this will not be an ordinary election. Well, selfishly, I would say SB 813, my it's rate It's going to be your bill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When you ask most people, they're going to say their bill. That's Connie Leva. She's a California state senator who, along with a host of women in the Capitol, have pushed for expanded protections for women. In 2016, she got a bill signed into law to end the statute of limitations on rape. Last year, she authored a law to end secret settlements in cases of sexual assault or harassment. Asked what stood out to her on progressive policies in California, these two plans came to mind. Yes. Eliminating the statute of limitations on rape, I think, was a really big deal. Last year, um, SB 820, eliminating secret settlements, I think, is also landmark legislation. But so many women have done so many great bills um, prior to the Me Too movement and now after the Me Too movement. It's not just Leva trying to promote equality for women. There's also State Senator Hannah Beth Jackson. She introduced a bill that by the end of this year will require public companies to have at least one woman on their board. They'll need at least two or three women on their board by 2021, depending on the size of the company. I sat down with her recently to talk about it. So where did this idea come from? Did you look at 
Was there anything from other states? Where did this idea pop into your head? No, California is the first state in the country to do this. Some might call it our liberal agenda, but I, I, I look at it, this is our equality agenda. This is actually the state where we are meeting the expectations and promises of this country. So what spawned it for you and Senator Atkins? Well, uh, I think what it was is, you know, we had been doing a lot of work to try to, uh, from the ground up, uh, get uh, more uh, paid family leave. I did a bill that, that now uh, requires the companies of 20 or more uh, provide up to 12 weeks of job protected leave for new parents so that they could bond with their newborns. So from the ground up we were working and it became and it has been very clear for quite some time uh, as women uh, graduating now in greater numbers from college than men as I as an attorney have seen more and more women in the profession and more and more women as judges and the quality of justice frankly improving. Uh, so by adding women, by adding that 52% of the population in, uh, in all the positions of power and influence, we are moving uh, society forward. The one place where we've had the worst uh, time, the last vestige of what I sometimes refer to as the man cave, the, the boardroom, the, um, the C-suite, has been getting women on corporate boards. And over the last decade, you've seen more and more attention, especially in the Me Too era, focused on sort of women's equality, women's rights issues. You see Buffy Wicks, Leva are sort of two big champions as well on these sort of issues. How would you compare the prominence that this issue had, say, in the two, early 2000s to where it is right now? Well, I think the issue was one that we continued to talk about. It's just that we weren't able to make some of those advances. I mean, if you recall, uh, after the Anita Hill uh, debacle, that was Anita Hill 1. We just went through the Kavanaugh hearings, which I call Anita Hill 2. Uh, but we had um, what was called the Year of the Woman. We elected more women to Congress and to the United States Senate than we had ever had before. Including Feinstein. <laughs> Including Feinstein back in those days. And then we had Barbara Boxer. Um, and, and I think the number went from 2 to 10. So we had uh, increased, you know, almost geometrically, if you will. But 10 out of 100 is still pretty pathetic. Um, so uh, we, we did strive to make uh, advances. We, um, uh, California was the first state to, to create a paid family leave program, which now there's a federal paid family leave program. And so we've been making very slow progress, but definitely uh, progress. So um, as I mentioned, when I brought this bill, uh, it, it was initially a resolution in 2013 because only 15 and a half percent of all board seats in these approximately 400 publicly traded uh, companies that are headquartered in California. Um, we, we, even after urging, politely giving them the data, we moved the needle in, uh, that, during that five-year period up a whole half a point. So we went from 15.5% to 16%. Um, so it was very clear that asking and being polite was just not going to work. A lot of the proposals I came across in my reporting centered around a theme of equality. Evan Lowe is a San Jose Democrat in the Assembly who is openly gay. He says the most notable law he remembers from the past decade is one from 2012, when California banned the practice of gay conversion therapy for minors. There is such a blatant attack on people for being who they are. Why would you want to try to change someone who has been, who has been created in God's eyes? Mm -hmm. And we should be loved and celebrated for who we are. And yet in 2019, as we sit here today, 
there are still those who wish to uh, change uh, an individual to something that they're not. Mm-hmm. And being something that is not consistent with their identity. Uh, so that's why uh, it's so important that we call it out for what it is uh, and that we celebrate an environment that can recognize the strength of our diversity. Todd Gloria is a colleague of Lowe's who is also openly gay. Gloria said the state is getting better at helping subgroups within the LGBT community. Last one, just Evan Lowe talked about gay conversion therapy. Yes. What do you see for equality and gay rights being some of the more important pieces of legislation? Well, I think it's becoming um, more pixelated, more high definition, if you will. You know, we're talking about more intersectionality, more uh, um, maybe more specific issues, you know, drilling down on the, the needs of LGBT seniors or LGBT youth. You know, so we have, you know, gotten significant distance on marriage and housing and employment equality. Um, but when you look at, say, transgender Californians, uh, uh youth aging out of the foster care system. I mean, there are maybe smaller populations that have really acute needs, and the fact that California's been a leader for so long allows us to start working on those um, more specific concerns that, again, we do with the notion and understanding that what we do will be uh, exported elsewhere, and that's a good thing. Among the lawmakers I spoke with was State Senator Bob Hertzberg. He had a productive session last year when he led the state's efforts to overhaul cash money bail and pass the California Consumer Privacy Act. Starting in 2020, The California Consumer Privacy Act will give residents more control over their data and allow them to sue tech companies in certain cases where their information is misused. Here's what Hertzberg had to say about overhauling cash money bail and his privacy bill, both of which were signed into law last year. You know, you should judge people based upon their flight risk and public safety risk, not based upon their ability to post a bail. And that, at the core to me, I walk with you over here, is, is what progressive policies in my judgment are. I think with respect to privacy, we're certainly seeing the world change with respect to what privacy means. It used to be a peeping Tom. Today, the kind of information people can have on you is extraordinary. And the balance of power of how people are able to, I mean, companies are able to just gain so much information on people where they, you know, give them a nickel or a cup of coffee or sign up and you trade all your information. It's created this unbelievable shift in wealth. So I think those are critically important moves on a national basis that we've done in California. Since Donald Trump was elected president in 2016, California has moved further and further to the left, passing bold policies on immigration, the environment, and voting accessibility. The California Values Act passed in 2017 to effectively declare California a sanctuary state. In the wake of Trump's presidency, California has amped up efforts to promote a program that allows undocumented immigrants to get state financial aid when they go to college. And California's home to some of the more interesting environmental regulations. Last year, the state made it more difficult for people to get plastic straws at restaurants. If customers want one, they now have to ask their server before they can get it. In recent years, California's also done a lot to boost voter turnout. Since Trump's election, California has implemented the Motor Voter Program as well as conditional voter registration, both of which make it easier to vote. Under motor voter, eligible Californians are automatically signed up to vote unless they choose to opt out. And with conditional voter registration, people can vote on election day without an ID. Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon says California has become increasingly progressive in response to Trump. I think that Donald Trump influences elections 
he's been helpful in terms of getting Democrats elected, not only here, but I think nationally too. And then that naturally influences um, the policy that comes out of this building. Rendon also sees an opportunity to push even further to the left under a new governor. With Jerry Brown gone and Gavin Newsom in, lawmakers have already reintroduced a number of bills Brown had vetoed. Newsom's progressive. How does his governorship help with a lot of these bills being reintroduced a second or third or fourth time? Um, I, I think it's certainly, you know, and I, I had a meeting with a lot of progressive groups at the beginning of the year, and I told them, be ambitious. Be ambitious for two reasons. First of all, we have a very progressive governor. Maybe three reasons. We have a progressive governor. We have a progressive legislature. And third of all, um, you know, we're, we're uh, 61 Democrats, and we, you know, my, my message to them was we don't run elections so that we can look at the scoreboard and be proud of the numbers that we have. We run elections to, to make good policy um, that has an impact on people's lives. Um, and I think the governor is certainly part of that equation. There are things like um, unionizing child care workers, for example. I ran that bill, I don't know, three, four years ago. Governor Brown vetoed it. The speaker uh, that followed, the, that preceded me, Tony Atkins, ran that bill. Governor Brown vetoed it. So I think there's a lot about um, Gavin that has people excited. Um, and that's, that's a good thing. So here with me to discuss this further is my colleague, Hannah Wiley. She helped me with the story we produced. And while I looked back at what happened, she looked forward at some of the most liberal proposals now being considered in Sacramento. Hannah, welcome to your first podcast. Thank you. I'm excited. So I've got to ask, we focused earlier on the show about what has happened in the past, but now I want to transition to what the future looks like for California. You've been talking to a lot of people. What are they saying about where California can go further to the left now? Sure. Lawmakers definitely think there's a lot more progress that California can make, and it's generally in the realm of healthcare and some criminal justice reforms and definitely expanding family paid leave, potentially offering abortion medical services on university campuses. So there's there is a lot of measures that are on the table that lawmakers are considering during this year. So California's gone in a more progressive direction, but what can be done about healthcare, immigration, and several other issues that you highlighted? What are the top lines? Sure. There are two measures currently on the table that would expand Medi-Cal services to certain undocumented adults. And that really expands on California's move to offer health care to undocumented children. And whether or not these bills pass, it's indicative of an effort in the capital to, to ensure undocumented immigrants and uh, neighbors in California have the chance to get health care through the state. And just looking through some of the subjects that you looked at, they seem very counter to what the national discussion is. Like in Alabama, for example, where they're trying to really curb abortion and basically almost outlaw the practice altogether. California's, not doing that here. <laughs> California's not doing that. They're having UC and CSU campuses provide abortion services mm -hmm. if a bill gets through. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk about what California is doing on that abortion issue? Right. So California is absolutely on the other end of the spectrum. Than, it's no Alabama. It's not Alabama. It's not Georgia. It's not Missouri. Um, and this Senate bill would mandate that CSU and UC campuses offer abortion by medication services to students 
and the senator Connie Leva, she argues that this bill helps students who are in need of this service not take time away from school, not take time away from campus to travel far to a clinic that offers uh, services and bringing that service under the guidance of a campus clinic to to these schools, to these university students. And I'm thinking too about just like expanding sex worker protections, uh, looking at restricting mm -hmm. gun sales to one firearm a month, the strictest use of force policy in the nation. Any number of these issues mm -hmm. really run counter to Trump. What do you think was one bill or one law that could be on the horizon that people should most pay attention to? Oh man, that's a hard question. Um, because I think these lawmakers advocate that their bill is Every the most important bill. Every lawmaker has the yeah. most important issue. Uh, I would say that one to really keep an eye out for is Assembly Bill 392, which is an almost a household name in certain activist circles and certainly in the Sacramento community that's still reeling after the death of Stefan Clark from last March uh, 2018. And that bill overhauls the use of force legal standard that's currently in place in California that says officers may employ uh, deadly force under reasonable circumstances and Assemblywoman Shirley Weber's bill would instead mandate that it's a necessary qualification, which exposes police officers to... More criminal charges, Right, exactly. Uh, potential criminal charges are certainly disciplinary action in their departments, and it's not a very favored bill by police agencies and, and law enforcement organizations across the state. And I know when we were sitting down just speaking with Speaker Anthony Rendon, he was sort of talking about the Trump factor and how California's responded in many ways to Trump. And Trump's going to be in office for at least another year, possibly another five. How much of what California is doing is in response and in reaction to Trump? I would say a lot of what California does is in response to Trump. I mean, you have 50 lawsuits now out of the attorney general's office that hits against the Trump administration. You have definitely where national politicians are moving to the right. You have California moving further to the left and trying to fill that gap that federal lawmakers and the Trump administration are creating in their legislation and policies. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you uh, for thank the time. You. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of California Nation. To learn more about our liberal list and the bills coming down the pipe, check our show notes for a link. I'll be on break the next two weeks and return to your podcast feed next month. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation. Yeah, cool. but if you have any restaurant tips or food tips in particular, yes, throw them my way. I have like hundreds of <laughs> Are they all vegan places? No, because I wasn't vegan when I lived in Nashville. <laughs> it was very much so. I was like, that's not going to do yeah. in the South. It's no. like a side salad Nashville, and a side like, salad. Nashville and Asheville might be like pretty friendly to vegans. but Well, Asheville's a hippie place. Yeah, it is.